Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I'm here today with Nancy Sarnoff. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Rebecca. So, Nancy, do you follow our colleague Jennifer Radcliffe on Twitter? Of course I do. She's hilarious. I wanted to show you one of her tweets from this winter. Okay. You might remember it. Here's the tweet. Want to read it? (laughs) With holiday shopping wrapped up, I'm again horrified by my online shopping. Here's my stunning hashtag Amazon order totals. 2003. One. 2004. Four. 2005. Three. Okay, I'm not going to read them all, but it goes all the way through to 2019. 771. Yikes. So there's only 52 weeks. So she is placing more than 10 orders a week. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I first saw this tweet when I was at home for Christmas with my parents and my brother. And my first reaction was, oh, my God, I wonder how many things I have ordered this year. So do you have an estimate for how many orders you have made this year? I have made personally? Yes. Or your family. Do you have a one account for your whole family? Basically. Um, gosh. T- 200? 200? Oh, wow. Okay. So I looked at mine. Okay. And I ordered, oh, wait, how did I see this again? Oh, I ordered 33. Um, oh. Mostly cat food. Analgene, <laughs> <laughs> a landscaping book, although I've yet to do any landscaping, a rake. Okay. So you think you've done 200? Yes. All right. So what I want to do is I want to pull it up. Mine? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So here's my laptop. Okay. And so I should say I live with someone who is on this thing constantly. I mean, we're talking like (laughs) – Oreo. (laughs) Violet is her child and Oreo is her hamster. Right. probably not them. Violet's dad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Almost daily packages – what did I say, 200? Yeah. Only 170. Only 170. Which makes me really worried for Jennifer Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Amazon, of course, is the online marketplace famous for fast shipping. And it has long touted itself as the everything store, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have everything. Um, and I realized that in 2014 when I tried to surprise my boyfriend with a last-minute gift. Yeah. He was in China and things were going Terribly wrong. And I was like, oh, I'll send flowers to the place he's staying. I'm sure I can order that off of Amazon. And it was like some weird third-party vendor, and it would cost like $75. Oh. It was like you, you expect Amazon to be like fast, easy. And everything. I was like, oh, man, they really don't have everything. There's this whole category of things they don't have. You can't really send someone ice cream or flowers or fruits, except for now you can so they they rolled out um, Amazon Fresh, the grocery delivery section, actually in 2007. 
Okay. But the service did not become available here in Houston until 2019. And this is America's fourth largest city. Yeah. It took a whole 12 years to get here. So my question is, why has it been so hard? Why can we get 800 packages delivered to our house, but it's so difficult to get fresh things delivered? In part, it's because of a lack of infrastructure. There just aren't as many temperature-controlled warehouses, known as cold storage, or costo, by no one but me and Nancy. <laughs> there, there, there just isn't as much costo or refrigerated trucks as there are like normal trucks and warehouses. Huh. That's so interesting. So wait, yeah. so other other places have more cold costo? Yeah, actually. There there's some places that are known as like produce capitals. Okay. So for example, um the Port of Philadelphia back when we were part of the British Empire, um they were they were known for importing foods. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of costo there huh. to process stuff. And also like Holland is famous for it because of their fresh cut flowers. Right. So they're like a costo capital, all these flyers come into Holland and then they distribute it out to the rest of the world. But it's mostly, there have been channels for a long time for like big restaurants, for grocery stores, and it hasn't really gotten down to a consumer level where it's easy to ship this door to door. You see what hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Does it have anything to do with our climate here? Oh, yeah. Actually, historically it does. Why would these produce centers be so big in the Northeast mm-hmm. and not here in Texas. Some of the reasons are tied to climate. Mm-hmm. Some are just tied to the way the country developed. And not only is it easier to keep things fresh, but I've heard that invasive pests are a bigger problem oh. because there's not going to be a hard freeze. So they need to make sure that no pests come in with the produce. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's this whole sort of history to it. Okay. History of cult. Now I can't even say it. <laughs> History of Costo. Costo. It's like Costco, but not. <laughs> I wonder if they'd sue us if we opened up a business called Costo. I feel like we we have so many business ideas. <laughs> We're going to just start a total, like a subsidiary that will fund journalism in the future. It'll be a tiny home village mm-hmm. and a Costo operation. Mm, nice. Yeah. We're okay. going to save journalism, guys. <laughs> Which brings me to Brent Ehrenwert. My name's Brent Ehrenwert. I'm the CEO of Brothers Produce and of Houston Cold Storage. Brent grew up in the produce business. When he was in school, the other kids always assumed that that meant his family worked in a grocery store. But no, that's not the case. His family actually owns warehouses where produce is received from the port, from the airport, or from the road. And it's stored at the exact temperature it needs to either speed or slow down its ripening before it's delivered to restaurants, cruise lines, elementary schools, etc. I met him at his family business, Brothers Produce, which is located in a strip called Produce Row. In East Houston, distribution companies with signs written in English, and I saw some Mandarin, they all jostle side by side with names like Texas Harvest and Castro Cheese. In 1998, Brothers Produce occupied 15,000 square feet. Today, it takes up 240,000 square feet in Houston alone. It's also expanded to Austin, Dallas, and Harlingen. The dock was a chilly 34 degrees. Y'all good on jackets? But Brent seemed unperturbed by the cold. So I'll kind of walk y'all through this. 
Forklifts filled with lettuce from Yuma, Arizona, and asparagus from Peru scooted around the warehouse, shuttling produce to and from the trucks to various temperature-controlled rooms. So what you see here is we're receiving lettuce from California that's coming in right now. A lot of this came from Miami, which is another big port city. It goes by boat into Miami and then truck over to here. Some produce arrives ready to go, but others require sorting or repacking. So you can see right here, so these tomatoes, uh-huh. these actually are being packed for Chick-fil-A right here. So if you see, she's throwing out all the light tomatoes right here. See all the light ones she's throwing out because they're only kid, they're putting out all the ones oh. that are red in the boxes. So Chick-fil-A wants red tomatoes that are medium size. Yeah. So right now you're sorting for color. At what point do you sort for size? Well, they're throwing, they're also throwing out ones that aren't the right size. Oh, got it. If, and we're buying them based on size, so they should typically be about the right size, but you still got to chunk out the ones that are going to be too big or too small and try to get right around that. It's like the bachelorette. Yeah, exactly. You're eliminating. They're eliminating, yeah. But there's, but the there's good a tomato is, for everyone. But the getting is they're getting a second chance and they're, coming yeah. back, they're able to come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the reason they get a second chance is because the ones that aren't picked are placed in a ripening room. Tomatoes, like a number of other fruits, naturally release ethylene gas, a ripening hormone. Have you ever put a banana in a paper bag to speed up its ripening? The reason it works is because the ethylene gas gets trapped in the bag, and the more ethylene there is in the air, the faster the banana ripens. When you crowd a bunch of tomatoes in the same room, the same thing happens. It's like puberty. (laughs) What you smell is the gas that the fruit's putting off. Oh, wow. It smelled sweet and a little pungent, like the kitchen of a pizza shop maybe a little yeasty. Brent said it reminded him of banana bread, and there's something to that too. It's, it had the smell when fruit is just super ripe. Sometimes to make things ripen extra fast, extra ethylene gas can be pumped into the room, although some fruits respond to it better than others. You can't guess like cherry and grape tomatoes, they'll explode. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they will, like, they will go like red and pop. Part of the reason the cold storage business is thriving is because of a growing demand for produce. There are more people in the Houston area, and it's getting easier to bring produce into the port. But also, call it the Amazon effect, people expect more kinds of produce. You don't just want tomatoes, you want beefsteak tomatoes and heirloom tomatoes, green tomatoes for frying, and yellow pear tomatoes for snacking. And then there are other temperature-sensitive things people want to ship. Over the years, Brent began noticing calls from people who wanted to store and ship things for their businesses, including one call from a small juice maker who needed to store and distribute wares, and another call from a veterinarian who needed to ship a dog's stem cells. And he wasn't alone. Pro Citrus Network, a citrus distributor based out of California, was getting similar calls. So both these companies made separate decisions to open entirely new businesses that would specialize in offering cold storage and distribution to other companies that needed it. Brent named his Houston Cold Storage, since he figured those were keywords people would be searching for on Google. He was actually so invested in this strategy, he went out and bought the domains for cold storage companies for other cities. So he says he owns Atlanta Cold Storage and New York Cold Storage, sort of like a speculator for real estate, except for he's speculating in URLs. He told me he can already see the strategy working. Someone offered to buy the name Detroit Cold Storage for a few thousand dollars. 
The produce distributor Pro Citrus Network opened a company called Foremost Fresh Direct and is in the midst of building a 70,000 square foot refrigerated facility in Baytown for customers to store, repackage, and sort through temperature sensitive products. The company's executive vice president, Jackie Ediger, told me on the phone, there's just really not enough refrigerated space for how much people want to bring into Houston. And I was also talking to Ricardo Arias for this story. He oversees trade development for the port of Houston. And he was saying that if he had a few million lying around, he would invest it into cold storage. We've all seen the type of investment that's been going into warehouses to accommodate e-commerce. But not enough investment has been going into refrigerated warehouses that are going to be in demand in the upcoming years. After Brent showed me his operation at Brothers Produce, he walked me over to his new business, Houston Cold Storage. I turned off the recorder because it was so loud. People were washing and fixing equipment. But after he showed me the various temperature-controlled rooms and docking space, he paused and just sort of took it all in. Behind him was a room filled with ripening bananas. There was steam in the little window that you could see from these bananas getting ripe. Around him were stacks of various products. Customers today expect a wider variety of produce. Startups are offering to mail fresh foods, such as prepped meals and cold-pressed juice cleanses. The number of unique products known in the retail world by their barcode numbers, or SKUs, has grown exponentially, and every temperature-sensitive SKU needs a way to arrive fresh. Brent marveled at it all with something bordering awe. It used to be that we had iceberg lettuce, he said. Now we have five kinds of lettuce, and that goes for all fruits and vegetables. The world keeps growing, keeps adding skews. I believe at some point, my heaven's gonna be in the cold storage industry where I just go full blown into that industry. So that's the brave new world of cold storage. And my question is, what does this mean for the future? We managed to get Jennifer Radcliffe, the editor and mother of seven, who confessed she uses Amazon hundreds of times a year to come speak with us. And my question was, if you could get temperature-controlled products shipped just as easily as anything else, what would that mean? I would say that I probably already do that with Amazon Fresh and Instacart and all the grocery services that are available. Okay. I saw you nodding when I said that Amazon Fresh started in 2019. Yes. Thank goodness. Because, well, we use Instacart too, but it's good to have options. But that's probably why your number was so high this past year. Yes. I would say that I most of my items aren't cold groceries, but some definitely are. And just this week, we placed a grocery order that included sushi and vegetables and fruit. So definitely. Is there anything in particular that's sort of a lifesaver that comes refrigerated? Refrigerated. Um, Sushi, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I send that to lunch with my kids a couple of times a week. So I'm ordering that to have delivered at my doorstep. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you would order? I don't know. Ever since you said ice cream, I keep thinking. Oh, we've definitely ordered ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get ice cream like for the same day? Oh, yeah. Day? Amazon Fresh, Amazon Now. They can all deliver ice cream. Same day? Yeah. What about you? Me? Yeah. What would you get? I would get food delivered to the newsroom. Oh. Like like today when I was out of snacks. Yeah. I would have gotten like grapes. Well, you can do that, right? $35 minimum. Yeah, oh. for free delivery. 
<laughs> yeah, we could have gotten grapes and ice cream today. Hmm. And some other groceries because we don't want $35 worth of grapes. Right? No. <laughs> Although at yeah. Whole Foods, it's like two, two bundles. <laughs> two bushels. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Looped In is hosted by me, Rebecca Schutz, and Nancy Sarnoff. This episode was recorded by Scott Kingsley and Mark Mulligan. Special thanks to Brent Ehrenwert, Ricardo Arias, and Jennifer Radcliffe for taking the time to record with us. We'll include a link to the story on cold storage in the show notes. And if you don't already subscribe to Looped In, it is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, I'm on Twitter at R.A. Shoots. And Nancy Sarnoff. I'm at N. Sarnoff. And Jennifer Radcliffe, the tweet that started this all, is at? At Jen Radcliffe, R-A-D-C-L-I-F-F-E. Until next time, thanks for listening.